this and every episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast brought to you by People State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Let's go white. Carry Tracy Cole destroying Stacy Moore. Neil Keith, Sally Sears, Evans, and the Glory Gears. Mo, Mom, Mel, Mare, the Cunningham Four. I tried not to look at the, I wasn't even looking at the another episode of the old school red hill podcast brian emmons with you very excited to have our sponsors on board as always that's people state bank tyler griffin's pizza house and andrew's insurance agency we thank them very much let them know that you heard about them right here on the old school red hill podcast gonna jump right into our interview with doug hardacre here's gary chip dave and myself talking to red hill legend doug hardacre well, we're excited tonight for this interview. We haven't done one in a while, but we're really excited. And we have an all-time great Bridgeport and Red Hill athlete that continue to display a love for and excellence in athletics beyond high school while also giving back to his community through serving, coaching, scouting, and much more. Please welcome to the Old School Podcast, Mr. Doug Hardacre. Right. Thank you, guys. Well, Doug, we're really excited to have you on tonight. You have a uh, you have a great history of Bridgeport Red Hill, and we're going to get into all those things tonight. But the first thing we want to ask you, we know you had a health scare. How How is your health doing these days? Well, uh, I'm doing a lot better. Uh, I About a, over a month ago, I went back to my heart doctor, and she's out of uh, uh, Barnes-Jewish in St. Louis. Uh, she's one of the best in the United States. And, uh, boys, I'm here to, able to talk to you guys uh, uh, because of the, the good Lord and uh, and her. Uh, she uh, had she's done a really good job, and I got cleared to uh, start lifting weights and playing tennis again about a month oh, ago. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, yeah, so uh, as a matter of fact, I've played tennis probably four or five times, and, uh, and I started lifting weights today. Well, good. Now, that's awesome, Doug. Just real quick, what exactly happened? Did you have a heart attack, or or, or what? And I mean, we're talking what about a year ago or so, right? It's been uh, eighteen months wow. ago. Wow! Wow! Uh, and I had uh, uh, my routine. You guys know I've always been really active and everything. And uh, it was on a Saturday. I had. Uh, uh, got up in the morning and played tennis with a guy here in West Frankfurt where I live now. And, uh, uh, we played tennis that morning for about an hour and a half. And then I went out to the country club here and, uh, and hit balls on the range and, uh, worked on my golf game a little bit. Then I went home, took a shower and went to, uh, McLeansboro. Uh, there was a golf tournament and, I was playing in the seniors golf tournament at McLeansboro and uh I I uh actually I shot a seventy three and I was leading by four oh, wow. strokes and uh, played really well. And uh I got home that evening and I thought, ah, I better mow so I mowed the yard 
And uh, uh, when I got done mowing, uh, my wife is a nurse, and she had just got home from work, and I went ahead and uh, fixed supper. And about 7.30 that evening, I told her, I said, you know, I'm tired. I'm going to bed because I had to go back to McLeansboro on Sunday. And and I had, uh, about, I don't know, it was about midnight. I sat straight up in bed. My wife was in bed, and she is a cardiac nurse. Oh, And uh, we had... Uh, uh, I couldn't breathe, and I, I just automatically put both of my hands across my chest, and uh, she knew what was going on, and and uh, she went in and got me some nitro and gave me three nitros, and uh, then they uh, got me to Carbondale. Carbondale put the Impala in me to keep my heart uh, functioning uh, uh, where it wasn't doing a lot of work the machine was doing the work and then they got me to st louis where barnes they did a they did surgery on me and and i was in in an induced coma out there for uh five weeks oh my and uh they uh didn't uh uh then when they woke me up uh uh they caught me up that day uh they woke me up and and uh, took everything off of me and and they set me in a t- they made me get up and sit in a chair and uh, I hadn't been up for uh, thirty minutes and I was sitting in the chair and, wow. uh, and I'm here to tell you guys about it and and I can now afterwards uh, I've had four more heart attacks small ones and uh, the last one was in March of this year. Wow. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, boys, I'm, uh, you know, uh, good Lord willing, I'm still here and, yeah. uh, it's amazing. Guys, it's really amazing. I, I shouldn't be here and, and, uh, I am and, uh, very, very thankful. Well, we're glad of it. And, and I know we were, we were following your progress real closely and, and I know your son was giving updates, which was, was nice for, for everybody that was following it. So we're, uh, we're just, we're glad you're here and, and we're glad to talk about your great career in the, in the early days of Red Hill. And, and, uh, what I tell you what, let's just start back in, in, when you were growing up in Bridgeport, we, you know, part of the reason of this podcast is because we think Bridgeport was one of the great places to grow up in the world. And, and I know, I know it was in the, in the seventies, I'm sure it was in the sixties. Was it like, I remember when I was a kid, was there a game everywhere or anywhere you wanted, whether it be basketball, baseball, football, whatever? Yes, there was, uh, that's where, uh, uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, I, uh, John Bunyan, you guys all know John. Sure. He's my cousin. And uh, he would come by and, and, and get me when I was young. I mean, uh, uh, I played basketball. I was probably in fifth, sixth, seventh grade uh, against uh, Steve Wells, Russ Wells, Mike McAdow, uh, yeah. Steve, you know, Steve Wells. I mean, these guys were all in high school, and I was in grade school. And and uh, we'd go out to Washington School and and uh, play basketball out there uh, every Sunday. Yeah. And uh, John would come by and pick me up. And then, of course, you guys know all about the seed school uh, 
the C school days. Yep. I mean, they were they were just like Washington. Uh, uh, I mean, you could get a game there anytime, whether it be basketball or tennis ball. Yeah. And by tennis ball, it's like baseball, and you just play it with mm-hmm. a tennis ball. And, uh, oh yeah. And uh, I mean, we was yeah, we was always doing something like that because that's really that's all we had to do there we didn't have video games and stuff like that you know back in the day but it was uh Mm -hmm. one of the uh uh, best parts of growing up in a small area because uh that's you know i got to play ball against guys that were so much better and older Mm -hmm. than i was that uh, it was uh, a lot of fun now of course, I only know where your mom and dad lived, you know, my whole childhood. Is that where you lived, or did you guys, were you somewhere else when you grew up? No, that's it. Okay. That's where okay. we lived, yeah. I got you. So who's yeah. some of the elementary and middle school coaches, teachers, that, that touched your young career? Oh, uh, it would have been uh, uh, Mike Kurtz uh, had, a, when I was a little bit older, he uh, – he was a big influence. Uh, he had a, a basketball goal that he was just going to throw away, and and uh, he, uh, him, and Dad were good friends, and we uh, he gave it to us. And of course, my dad put lights up, and we had basketball games at the house there with lights all the time. Jim Buchanan and the guys that I played ball with would come by, and we'd play ball there you know, yeah. all hours of the night. Yeah, right. And, but uh, uh, John Gray was big influence uh, when I was younger. He was, uh, he coached the union for years, and but he was uh, a junior high basketball coach, uh, seventh and eighth grade when I was growing up. And, and uh, then, of course, my dad was my uh, little league coach for years, and uh, I had a lot of uh, in high school. My uh, Leon Ho, you guys were talking in one of your podcasts about who was a football coach was before Coach Huff. Mm. When it was Leon Ho, he was. Oh, it was. Only. So we knew it was Ho, okay? Because I thought it was funny yeah. when we were we got it all printed out here, and I thought it was Huff as well, just spelled different. That's funny. No, it's Leon Ho. Okay, and he was he was our baseball coach also, and. Uh, we, uh, my freshman year uh, in high school, we won the conference, and that was the first time Bridgeport had ever won the conference. Oh, wow. In baseball. Okay. And uh, so he was, he was, he was an outstanding, well, he was just, he was, he was JV coach, uh, basketball, and then head football and head baseball coach. Okay. When, uh, uh, so he was, he was a really big influence. Uh, yeah. And this uh, is super, super nice guy. So um, you talked about Little League a little bit. What Little League t- team did you play on? I played on the Moose. All right. Okay. Uh, I didn't know you were a Moose yeah. alum. Along with yeah. Brian yeah. We're talking. <laughs> yeah. I played with on the Moose. Uh, had Alan Gray and uh, Denny Webster and, uh, and uh, Greg Lewis and uh, Steve Smith and Jeff Purcell, and I know I, I'm, I can't remember everybody, yeah. but, uh, yeah, we was pretty good. You know, we had a, we had a really good all-star team. Uh, uh, Robinson was the team around our area at that time. 
uh, our 12 year old deer that was really good and uh they uh we beat them and mike worth was uh, uh one of our pitchers and oh, mike man. beat them and and uh but the year before lawrenceville was really good they had mark moore and uh uh dent uh, spencer dennis he was a uh, 12 they were both 12 and and they went state oh wow uh, they had they beat us they beat just like three to nothing i mean it was a good ball game uh we, we was pretty good but uh we wasn't that good of course but uh they had they had really good pitching. Yeah, but and so so this is pre consolidation. We're we're going to get into consolidation talks in a little bit. But so this is pre. So back then, did it go? Did you go to like seventh eighth grade there at the K, K Bridgeport Grade School, the K five six center? Did that go up to eighth grade then? Is that how the how it worked? Or tell me what schools you it I, was. I, yeah, yeah, Bridgeport Grade School was. Uh, So when you go to high school, you, you, I don't know if you went right to varsity in every sport, but you were in the mix pretty quick, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, I started JV, uh, my freshman year and, in, in uh, uh, basketball. Now football, uh, I didn't play football until I was a freshman. I yeah. didn't play junior pro or okay. anything. Did they, they didn't uh, have it though. Yes. Yeah. They okay. Did. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I hadn't really decided uh, if I wanted to play football or not. And uh, my dad was uh, my dad was quarterback in the fifties for Bridgeport. Oh, really? So we have three we have three generations of quarterbacks. Oh, that's awesome! Right. That's awesome. Fifties, uh, seventies, and nineties. And I'm pretty sure that there's not too many 
yeah. places can say that. You yeah. Know? But, yeah. So, but, I, uh, so you started quarterback your sophomore year. So you're only two years into football and you're at the helm of the varsity program. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can tell you right now, it was, uh, quite a, quite a awakening because, uh, we, uh, I started defense, uh, as a sophomore and, uh, I didn't start quarterback. I didn't play offense for, I don't know, two or three games. Uh, Kevin Tolley was the starting quarterback. Then they decided to move Kevin to running back and they moved me into quarterback and, and, uh, then I played it. I, but I had I had injury problems. I was kind of injury prone for for some reason. But uh, uh, Kevin was really a well. He's the same size he is now. Yeah. Back then, you yeah, know, right. he was mm-hmm. always yeah. He was always a big boy. But I was very fortunate to play. Um, Randy McClellan was on that team, and Randy was the linebacker. And he was really good. He yeah. Was, he was mean. He was mean, and uh, Mike Ayers was a good running back, and and uh, we always had pretty decent uh, skill people. It seemed like, but we just uh, for some reason just didn't wasn't very good offensively. We was always pretty good defensively, but offensively we just seemed to struggle for some reason. And uh, I know that uh, on my senior year, uh, Bobby Hanson was a was a linebacker and he was in the mold of a cubby Wagner and, okay. and, uh, and, uh, Jimmy worth and those guys. I mean, he was, he was really, really good. Yeah. And, uh, defensively Carmi beat a six to nothing my senior year. And, uh, they won the conference that year and, uh, we really should have beat him. Yeah. But, uh, uh, that was, that was a good ball game. But Bobby, Bobby played really well that year. Doug, one of the things when I was doing some research on you and when you first started quarterback there in 71 for Kevin, there was a bit of controversy in the newspaper article that, I don't know if you remember that at all, but uh, a guy, I don't know if it's the same Steve Wells, but a Steve Wells wrote the newspaper article, which caused a letter to the editor and all kinds of stuff. But in that newspaper, I thought it was interesting. I first saw a letter to the editor from, I think it was uh, – it was one of the players' moms, I believe. But uh, Steve wrote that sophomore Hardacre replaces Kevin Tully at quarterback in the win over four. We hadn't won yet, so that was the first win. So you got a win in your very first uh, quarterback start. And the article Steve wrote, Doug picked the plays better and he threw better than Kevin Tully. That oh kind of caused a lot of controversy. That was a letter to the there. editor? <laughs> yeah, so someone was upset because, but the actual article said that, so they were upset that uh, Steve had written that as an article. That so, Doug, you picked the plays better and you threw better than Kevin. I guess that's how you got the job. <laughs> well, uh, Laura was they was really down that year. Uh, they they was like us. We had a bunch of sophomores that were that were playing. And, uh, they just, uh, uh, it was at our place and I did, I threw that game was the game where I threw the ball really well for some reason. Uh, I seen everything, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes it slows down and you see yeah. stuff a little better. And, and, uh, I think that was, I don't know what game that was 
for me, uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure that everything was slowing down a little bit at that time maybe because I know when I first took over, man, it was really fast. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd played I'd played a little bit of quarterback at Salem, and, of course, uh, you know, they was uh, – <laughs> I thought they was men playing with boys back then. Because <laughs> uh, I – boys, I was little. I – my senior year, I didn't weigh 140 pounds soaking wet. Oh, wow. So I wasn't very big. Yeah. You want all the amenities of a big-time bank with a local touch? No better place than People State Bank. Sumner, Bridgeport, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville are your convenient locations. They've got financial accounts and assistance for personal, business, agricultural, trust services and retirement accounts and people state banks your local bank that supports red hill sports and other activities as well as 4-h projects and many many other local organizations remember four convenient locations sumner bridgeport st francisville and lawrenceville people's state bank when you hear that music your mouth starts watering because you know we're about to talk about Bridgeport style pizza and you get that at Griffin's Pizza House. You know where they're located right there across from the dog pound. You can call them at 945-FOOD to have a pizza ready for you to pick up or delivered or stop by and say hi to the folks and eat your pizza in the dining room. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 4 to 9, closed on Monday and first Friday of every month are open for lunch. So when it's time to feed your family, call 945-FOOD for Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. If you're looking for insurance, we hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. I was I was curious, Doug, you know, obviously you play for your dad a lot. What what was it like playing for your dad? Was he a was he a hard nosed old school coach, or how was he, and how was he playing for him? He was he was a, a, a great little league coach. He uh, really worked uh, worked with us, and uh, he he was really good. Now, as a dad, uh, <laughs> when I got uh, into uh, basketball, mostly. Uh, wasn't too bad in football or baseball, but basketball, he was, yeah, he was very, very hard nosed. And, and, uh, I could, I could, uh, played, uh, the perfect game and it wouldn't have been perfect for my dad, yeah. uh, back then. But, uh, he was, uh, he just wanted me to, to make sure that I always gave a hundred percent and I did the best that I could, you know, and, yeah. And him and mom always made sure that I had, well, me and Deb, my sister, had, we had everything we needed to, to succeed. And, and uh, that's, that's really all you can ask, you know. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, tell us about you know. Let's get into that consolidation. So, like when you when you're a Bridgeport and you're of course going through high school, do you recall the talk about consolidation and how that was going to happen? And how did the, how did you guys, the kids, feel about potentially consolidating? We uh, it was it was a big topic, of course, and uh, we knew it was going to happen. And uh, so uh, when it finally did happen, uh, of course, we had. Coach Chuck Ingram was our basketball coach. They had Fred Gosey at Sumner. And uh, we had uh, uh, Leon Ho was our, our uh, football and baseball coach. And, and uh, we, baseball, we was really pretty good all four years I was there. And then uh, we had uh, uh, – they decided that they wanted to go – new directions they didn't want to give anybody uh, a leg up so they got rid of uh, of uh, chuck ingram and uh, hmm. and fred and and got rid of leon ho and that's when they brought in coach huff and and uh, that's when they brought in uh, john brooks as a basketball coach and he ended up being our baseball coach too hmm. uh mike ray was uh that was his first year <clears throat> and he was uh, the assistant, and Mike, uh, I don't remember him too much in basketball, but baseball, Mike, uh, he did a fantastic job. Uh, 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 Icky Jones, uh, my senior year there, when we consolidated, uh, he he, uh, wanted to see uh, me and Jim Buchanan. And uh, they was in the middle of the College World Series at that time. Oh. Uh, and and so uh, <clears throat> Mike is the one that took us down. He took us down to Carbondale, and Jim and I practiced with him. And and uh, they had brought in a big left-handed uh, pitcher that uh, used to pitch for the Salukis. And uh, he was probably 6'6". Six, six uh, I mean, he threw smoke, and uh, of course, we had never seen anything like that. But you know, uh, Jim and I both hit him. Uh, we didn't get any base hits or nothing, but yeah. we both hit him and didn't strike out. And and then, of course, we played. I played short, and uh, during their batting practice, and then uh, uh, Jim played third and and caught a little bit. So uh, uh, Mike is the one that took us down there, and. And because Mike knew Itchy, so uh, uh, yeah, uh, Mike did a really good job. I, I noticed you you just mentioned playing shortstop, and then I, I noticed in some of the articles, not only for Bridgeport and Red Hill, but also the American Legion team was was that where you was that primarily where you played with shortstop all through your career? Uh, yeah, in high school, I never pitched the game. Uh, I could pitch, but I didn't pitch. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, we had, uh, uh, in Legion ball, uh, we had, uh, uh coach gray was, our, was our Legion coach and our first day of practice, uh, my last year, which would have been the year we consolidated. He said, uh, boys, we can, uh, practice, uh, quite a bit and play a few games or we can play a lot of games and not practice. <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you the choice. Wow. That's a great and, decision. 
Yeah, so of course we all said let's play, you yeah. know. So so we played, and uh, I want to tell you right now, uh, I've played on some really really good teams. I've been very very fortunate, and uh, but that team right there was loaded. Uh, uh, great athletes. I mean, baseball, basketball, football, whatever didn't matter. There was just a bunch of good athletes on it, and we was 37 and 17, and uh, we had, uh, oh, uh, we was up at Bloomington, Illinois. Jay Scheider was catching. I was playing short. Uh, Tim Wilson was actually pitching at that time, and Lynn had got, uh, Lynn, you know, you guys all know Lynn Gray sure. and how mm-hmm. he is, and he uh, bought. A, they, he had the Legion make up a bunch of them wooden quarters, you know, with Lawrence County Legion and all this on it. And yeah. So we're up there at Bloomington playing, and it's probably fourth, fifth inning, something like that. And he says, "Boys," he said, "Let's. Uh, I'm gonna bring you in, and you guys go into the stands and pass all these wooden quarters out, you know, and shake hands <laughs> and thank everybody for coming out." Yeah. And so, so okay, you know, so. He called us all in, and Scheidler's cat got the catching stuff on, and I'm playing short. And, and uh, I walk up there, and Jay said, are you going up there? And I said, nope. Are you? He said, no. He's, he's got the game ball. And he, he said, here, throw something to me. So I started throwing, and, and uh, oh, uh, Wilson gets in trouble that inning. And I just, you know, I was, while they were passing out the Coins, me and Jay's just playing catch. I'm just, you know, you know how kids do. We're messing around, you know. Yeah. And uh, he brings me in the ball game and to pitch. He he came out and he said, "Can you pitch?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "We well, didn't pitch in high school." I said, "I know." I said, "But I can pitch." And so he put me in, and I struck out the side, and uh, <laughs> went ahead and and we went ahead and uh, won the ball game and. And, of course, the next day, the Bloomington paper, we stayed all night, the Bloomington paper, had put, you know, that that was all a plan, you know, that yeah, uh, yeah. Coach, but, it, of course, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, Jay and I just decided to, to play some catch. And but so I ended up pitching that year and ended up 12-2. and two. Wow. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um Back to consolidation was um, amongst the kids. Were you guys all cool with it? I mean, you said they had to kind of be, you know, make it fair and and bring in new coaches and things. Were were you guys happy with it? Were you upset about it? How'd that go? No, uh, we was uh, we was all okay with it. Uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, we didn't. Uh, uh, the only thing that. Some of us didn't like, we, of course, you know, we're Bridgeport Bulldogs. We didn't really want to, want to change the name. Uh, of course, yeah. I'm sure the some of kids didn't want to change theirs either. Right. So, yeah. uh, but, uh, they, they, we had, a uh, oh, all the, well, you know, uh, all the kids were in a, in assembly like, and they said, now look, uh, you're going to vote on a new name. You cannot use Bridgeport Bulldogs or Sumner Arabs, and you have to uh, pick out a new name. And so uh, uh, 
uh, that's when everybody voted on it, and we come out with Red Hill Saluki. Uh, all the high school kids that were in high school at that time voted on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, our, of course, I'm partial to it, but, you know, the hallway we had right there by the study hall was, mm-hmm. uh, that was where everything happened at, sure. you know. Yeah. I mean, that was that was uh, one of the best hallways as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I agree. Ever, yeah. you know. And, <laughs> and, and uh, of course, the, so was the school, and and uh, of course I was pretty lucky. Mom was a cook there, and and uh, so I would go. I'd got to. I'd go into the girls' gym and shoot around, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, I spent a lot of time in there. Well, yeah, I've got a couple of stories about your mom and what she did for me, uh, sneaking me um, raisin bars and stuff in the morning. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but was know, uh, was was basketball your favorite, or was baseball? What what would you say in high school was your favorite sport? Oh, well, uh, I don't know. I liked them both a lot. Yeah. Uh, football was my least favorite. Uh, I just seemed to, like I said earlier, uh, seemed like I was injured quite often. But yeah. uh, uh, basketball was uh, uh, – I was very fortunate. Uh, I played with uh, two guys, uh, Jim Buchanan and Chris Black. Both of them didn't uh, – uh, they both uh, scored over 900 points. Uh, oh. uh, and I scored over 1,000, so – we had three guys there that were, you know, and 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 Jim, Chris, and myself. Uh, Coach Brooks uh, during the Thanksgiving tournament, he, uh, 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 Jim, Chris, and I, uh, we didn't play second or fourth quarter of the tournament. Yeah, uh, the first three games because he was trying to. Uh, well, I don't know what he's trying to do, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, they. Uh, so I mean, I I really believe that if if coach would have knew that they were that close to a thousand, I'm, I would have liked to have thought that he would have tried to have uh, got him there because uh, that would have been quite a an accomplishment to have Absolutely. three guys, yeah. you know. But uh, uh, those two were they were really good basketball players, and in baseball. And, you know, uh, um, I was very fortunate that we had some really good baseball players, uh, Mike Worth and Glenn Grismer pitched and Jim Buchanan and, and uh, uh, there, I mean, Bruce Jones uh, uh, was from Sumner. He played first base. And, and uh, we were just, you know, we were good. We only lost three games to my senior year in baseball and two of them was to Albion. Oh wow! And uh, and uh, they were really I, not sure about. I think it was Keener. I don't remember the the boy's name, but uh, uh, he beat us twice. And uh, then uh, uh, Flora beat us six to five in the finals of uh, of the NEC tournament that year. But uh, and Albin beat us in the finals of the regional. Oh wow! But. Uh, yeah, we was uh, our baseball program's always been pretty, pretty good there. At uh, I've been really our little league program starts it and yeah, and then pony league, you know, pony league 
and so on and and it's always been really good uh yeah I, yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's because of that Little League, Pony League, and, and I mean, you know, from then, and then I know, you know, through the 70s they had some good teams, then right up through my teams into Gary's teams. I mean, just, you know, a really solid program that, you know, it goes back to guys like you. And it's funny, you, you're talking about Mike Worth and, and Grismer and Bruce Jones. You, those were the guys that, we're coaching whether it be junior pro basketball or little league baseball right on right on through and then and that's that's why we had solid programs for sure you know it's uh uh it's funny that uh like uh chip uh will remember this because he was of the age Uh, we our all-star team that year with brandon and and uh, we was our first game that year in that tournament was against Stalling, and you guys will remember the Harmon boy, uh, yeah. Brad. I think his Brad name Harmon, was. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But, but he was a big righty. He was a lot like Brandon, only he was right-handed. And so I went over, and and I was the coach, and I'm watching, I'm watching him pitch mm. over at Ollie, and I tried to always, always do that, and. And oh, uh, he uh, he too. He didn't throw as hard as Brandon did, but he wasn't too far behind it. And mm-hmm. so during practice, when I come back and I'd seen I'd seen him uh, the next day in practice, I started. I was bringing it pretty good, and uh, uh, Mike Smith come up to me and and he said, "Boy, he said you're being awful aggressive with these with them." And I said, yeah. I said, but it'll pay off. And yep. uh, he, he said, uh, I, I said, uh, I said, I want the practice. And I always was a big believer the practices needed to be hard and the game, then the game would be easy. And so uh, that's how I tried to make it. And yeah. uh, we, we ended up beating them seven to nothing. And the score, it wasn't even that close. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, really. Uh, um, it was, uh, it, but the, the kids just, they just ate him up. I mean, he didn't know why I hit him because, I mean, they came right in and it was just like batting practice to him because that's what it was, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's the way Coach O, when I was in, uh, uh, high school at, at a young age in freshman, sophomore year, uh, that's how he made the practices and, you know, that's just, that's how my dad had done the same thing. And so that's how I was pretty much raised and, and, uh, just kind of continued it, you know? Yeah. I, I can remember one time going down to the park. <clears throat> I think you may have even had me come in and throw some batting practice, but I remember watching you just hit shots to those infielders and, uh, and, and again, you know, you, you, when you're doing that in practice and they were handling him and it wasn't like they were all rolling to the fence, but, you know, hitting them like that and getting them used. And, and you talked about your sophomore year or your freshman year in football, everything was so fast, but that helps slow the games down, right? It does. You're exactly right. And, <clears throat> and, uh, it's, it's, it's that way in, uh, uh, in life. I mean, uh, uh, I worked underground at the coal mines when Marathon closed the doors, and and uh, I can tell you right now 
the first uh, year I was down there, boy, I was I was what they call utility, and and it was so fast, and I I never took a lunch break, and it just I just couldn't keep up with everything, yeah. and and uh, finally uh, after I told them, my boss, I said I I said I will get it. I said don't. I said I'll get it, yeah. and uh, of course the mine the mine superintendent I played golf with him so. I wasn't too worried about my job or anything like that, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, he just kept telling my boss, he said, it, it, Doug's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, all of a sudden one day it just clicked and man, it flew down. So, and then I had all kinds of time on my hand, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's the thing. I mean, sports is really that way. I mean, uh, football, you hear the, you hear him talking about, high school to college. I mean, it's just a big difference in speed and, and, and then from college to, to the NFL. I mean, baseball, uh, I faced, uh, I grew up facing Mark Moore over at Lawrenceville and I was roommates with him in college and, and Mark wanted, he always liked to go. So he liked to go throw. Well, first time I went to catch him, uh, I thought, nah, I ain't doing this no more without equipment and all that Because he, he uh, threw in the mid-90s. And uh, and so uh, I got some old equipment from our college coach. And, and uh, then we'd go over, and, and I didn't mind catching him then. But uh, I had a little trouble catching him there. But the speed of it, I mean, that helped me. It helped me as a hitter because I was able to – to catch him and and yeah. you know i was able to watch it and and uh, the speed just makes a huge difference and if you see it day in and day out like uh, like i did with the the all-star kids uh, they they seen it every day every day until we played uh the Harmon boy and and just like uh the pros i guarantee you all you guys were good enough athletes that if you would have played in the uh, say double a well by by seeing it every day you're going to become a better hitter it's just it's right. just going to happen you know but you have to see it every day and that's the that's the that's the thing so many uh, so many of us don't get that opportunity to see it every day and like and uh <laughs> it's a it's a big challenge, you know. Dave, if you would have uh, seen it every day, you would have made a little league team. That's oh, right. yeah, yeah, I guess I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doug, tell us, how did you end up at Rend Lake? What was the recruiting process like? <clears throat> Were there other schools well, involved? Yeah, I had uh, I had Division One offers uh, in basketball and baseball at the same school, actually. Uh, the University of New Orleans and uh, and uh, the uh, Savannah, Georgia, oh, wow. and uh, and I had uh, uh, some partial scholarships, and then uh, of course Issy wanted us to walk on down there. Uh, but uh, when I was uh, in high school, uh, uh, the St. Louis Cardinal scout, his name was Virgil Melvin. He was from Heron, Illinois, and uh, he was uh, he was at every 
ball game I played my senior year. Oh, wow. Uh, whether whether it be high school or Legion ball, he came. Now, he didn't go to the way Legion game uh, like up to Bloomington. But when I was at Lawrenceville, he was there. Yeah. And uh, he was uh, uh, I was going to just stay close to home, go to Lincoln Trail. And uh, he said, Doug, he said, uh, I need you to uh, uh, go to Wren Lake. If you mm. would, he said, I'll get you, I'll get you there. He said, I, I don't want you to go. Cause I was, we had talked about Southern and, and, uh, he said, don't go to Southern because, uh, he said, we're going to, he said, I'm trying, he said, I'd like to get you drafted. And, and he said, I just, uh, if, if I go to the four year school, then I had to wait four years right, back then. Right. And if I went to junior college route, I only had to wait two. And so uh, I had been to St. Louis, and uh, they had a special tryout out there. Well, what what it was, it wasn't a tryout. It was that they had invited uh, 22 guys out there that uh, were, uh, uh, they were thinking about drafting. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, There was uh, Terry Kennedy was out there, Gary Templeton. Oh, wow. wow. yeah, and and I was out there with those. Now, guys. what year and was that, Doug? Was that before you went to Red Lake? Uh, that no, that okay. was that that was uh, during. Okay, so that's the one that I remember then, because you know, of course, I would yeah. have been. So that was probably what seventy six ish. Yeah, yeah, probably about seventy. So yeah, yeah, so that's the one that I remember because I, I so I would have been mm-hmm. eight, and I remember that that was the buzz amongst the. You know, we never heard of anybody from Bridgeport trying out for a You know, I mean, we didn't know anybody. And so that was the buzz waiting to hear how that tryout went. Yeah, it, well, went out there and it was, uh, um, I mean, it was, of course, it was awesome. I mean, uh, uh, Fred McAllister was the head scout and, uh, and uh, I became, I got to know Fred pretty well. Uh, and he, uh, uh, I'm playing short, and uh, uh, they're uh, hitting this ball, hitting this balls. And the very first ball hit to me, uh, I threw it about ten rows up into the <laughs> to the seats there at Booth Stadium, and <clears throat> and Fred standing behind me, and he said, he said, Doug, he said, we already know how good arm you got. You don't need to be showing it off. <laughs> he said, just calm down, you're all right. Yeah. And uh, I started laughing. I said. I said, well, I'll tell you right now, Mr. McAllister, I said, that had nothing to do with showing off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But, uh, you know, it was uh, quite an experience. Uh, I I actually had the privilege of going out there twice, and uh, I went to uh, Kansas City once. okay. Uh, Yeah, Kansas City uh, was scouting. Now, Detroit uh, scouted me really really hard in legion ball but uh, i never did uh, hear anything from them or or get invited anywhere with them yeah so were you shagging balls right next to gary templeton he was uh uh on the other the other side if you know what i mean yeah, uh, yeah. it was it, it was kind of like a game uh uh they had like two shortstops, two second basemen, two, you know, two of everything, and yeah. and uh, then uh, they had pitchers, and and uh, so uh, 
uh, yeah, it was it was it's pretty neat. I mean, uh, I those guys were amazing. I mean, Templeton was uh, him and Kennedy were. I mean, they were they were ahead and shoulders above me. I mean, uh, they're just uh, their speed and their uh, their power. I mean, they they hit the ball when they hit it. It was like a uh, you know shot out of the cannon. I yeah. mean. Uh, it just jumped off their bats, you know, and uh, I'm not, I'm not for sure where Kennedy was from, but I'm, I know, uh, I'm pretty sure Templeton was from California, mm. and then uh, Boyer, Cleet Boyer's boy, uh, he was there too. Okay, and uh, they, dra- yeah, they drafted him. He played third base. Mm. Now, uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, there's some pretty good pitching there too. I bet. <laughs> Well, you had a heck of a career there in Lake. You know, I think you were scoring 20-some a game, I think I saw in some of the stuff. I know you were all, all conference in baseball. So you're starting to wrap up, like, say, you're in your sophomore year there. You're wrapping up the baseball season. So what were you looking for in the future? Did you have any four years asking you? Did you think you were going to have a chance to get drafted? Or kind of how did all that wrap up? Yeah, I really thought that I was going to get drafted. And... uh, uh and back then, at that time, uh, uh, <clears throat> there was uh, there was uh, uh, a few schools that uh, were looking at me for both basketball and baseball. But now I, the injury bug got me again. Uh, my freshman year, I got hurt the very first basketball game and tore. Uh, I stole the ball from Miss. A kid at uh, Parkland and went in for I was going in for a layup and I got wrong footed and uh, he was six four guard <laughs> and uh, yeah. he uh, stepped on my right foot as I was jumping and uh, just tore all the ligaments. They wanted to do surgery and uh, my dad wouldn't let him, so uh, they put it in a cast and I didn't play him more that year my freshman year and then my sophomore year, then I got, I got hurt again. Uh, so I, I just had a lot of injury issues, uh, uh, through school, but I didn't get hurt until I didn't get hurt in baseball. Uh, I, I had a pretty good career in baseball, but, uh, in, uh, basketball, I just had bad luck in basketball. Yeah. Well, when when you you know you get done and and then you know you get married and start to to kind of settle down on that stuff. Now you spent some time in Pickneyville, right? Am I remembering that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was uh, when I came home. Uh, uh, I was uh, uh, I coached the Legion, and uh, then uh, then I got a job at the coal mines and. Uh, and uh, outside of Pinckneyville, okay. so we moved down there, and uh, uh, that's the reason I had the Legion and then the bank when I got back. Right. Uh, we had, uh, uh, when I, I came back when Marathon offered me a job, so that was in 1980, Yeah. and uh, Randy Carey was the Little League president, yep. and, uh, and uh, he told me, he said, Doug, he said, I'll give you your choice of teams, uh, the bank, and I don't even remember who the other one was now, but he said, but, he said, the first year, 
he said they're not going to be open that first year i came back which was 80 he said you have got to he said you got to earn it you got to umpire behind the plate every ball game <laughs> so That's so great. i umpired every ball game that year and uh, we actually had the tournament and uh, uh it was there at uh, that year and and marty simmons uh was catcher yeah. and uh during the during the tournament i i am part and and so yeah uh, i i and trust me i earned that i earned that <laughs> bank team i guarantee you <laughs> <laughs> well and, and you made the you made the best of it not only did you have some great players but you you won league titles and and like we've already talked about the all-star coach but the number one thing that when I think of your tenure as the bank coach was the kids that you taught that drop ball to that, cause there, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of junk being thrown. And I, and the way I remember this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that, that you felt that was a safe on a 11 or 12 year old arm. And you taught him that. And I remember Terry Kurtz threw it and, and I think Sean Potts threw it real well. And then on through, uh, Corey and Stacy Moore, but talk about that pitch and teaching it to those little leaguers. Yeah, it was a it was a pitch that my dad had taught me, and uh, there was no uh, no pressure on the elbow or the arm. Uh, the way I taught it was, uh, you know how when you come through and and uh, your wrist just comes down like you're throwing a fastball, you know. Yeah. Well, you just turn your arm over the other way, and 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 you're just doing it backwards. Yeah, and that's that's all there is to it. And yes, I had uh, I had some some Terry Kurtz to it well. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, the Grismer boys, I never I never did really show them because they threw so hard. Uh, yeah, that, right. Uh, I just tried to show them, try to get them to do the circle change and. Uh, just a, you know, a little off speed, something that uh, uh, would throw a hitter off. But uh, right. uh, Stacy Moore and and you you guys were talking about uh, Potts boy. Uh, he was really good ball player. Yeah, he mm -hmm. was a year young uh, younger than uh, Jimmy and and Stacy was. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those three those three kids right there were uh, they were all. They were all three really, really good. But I had, I had good role players. Uh, uh, I mean, well, uh, the best play that I've ever seen down there was one of my kids. Uh, uh, he was a ten-year-old. He was playing center field. It was Eric Andrews, that's who it was, and uh, he uh, was. Uh, I don't remember who he was playing now, but. They had a runner on third base, and it was pretty pretty close ball game. And and uh, Eric, uh, the ball was hit kind of on a line drive. I mean, you know, a soft line drive. It wasn't real hard hit, but he came running in and dove, left his feet, come up with it, and and made the catch and got up and stood up and threw to third base. I mean. Of course, I'm sure we're hollering, but sure. but you know he he had the the whereabouts to to make that play, and and uh, he doubled the kid off. 
Wow. And uh, as a 10-year-old, I mean, that's the thing there that uh, that I'm the proudest of. Uh, I had, uh, my dad was uh, my first assistant coach. Uh, he helped me get started. And then when I came back, I had Mike Ray uh, for, for until he moved to Lawrenceville. And then Terry Andrews finished out with me and, and, uh, you know, we always, uh, me and dad, uh, we played every kid yeah. before they even made it a rule. We always played every kid and every kid got a bat. And I think that's what made me, uh, early really successful was because I always had kids that had played and, uh, <laughs> that made a big difference because there were some of the guys, some of the coaches didn't do that yeah. until, <laughs> mm-hmm. They made it mandatory, you know, but uh, yep. uh, it made it makes a big difference, I think. And and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I had so many great times down there, yeah. and uh, you know, we time. had. Uh, oh my, uh, we had like Mike uh, Smith. Uh, I'm I can't. I'm not going to tell you some of the stories, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, maybe one of these days uh, when we're in private, I would tell you. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, there's uh, uh, when uh, you would get an assistant like me. I had Terry Andrews, and and uh, but I already had his boy. But if I hadn't had Dustin on my team, then I would have uh, had to have paid uh, 500 points because that's mm. how. That's oh, how yes. it was done. Yeah, right. You got you got ten thousand every year, but you got to keep your points from the year before. Okay. And uh, so uh, it it worked out really really well. And and uh, of course uh, the year that Tommy Hoffaker came in, uh, he was a ten year old, and of course everybody wanted Tommy, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, Galen's the one that had the points to get him and. And so uh, he got him, and uh, I had the second most points. So uh, I got uh, my the guy, the kid I wanted. Of course, I would have liked to have Tommy, but I got D Holloway. Okay. And uh, D was another one that uh, uh, he threw really, really hard, and uh, he was just wild enough that he didn't stand in there too much against him. But yeah. but uh, he. Uh, and I tried to teach him to throw the changeup. I didn't try to teach him to throw the drop ball, but uh, uh, you know, I I had Matt McCall and and uh, the Havel boy, and see, I I got a, a lot of my kids were from Petty. Well, uh, I was really good friends with Jeff Lynn, and uh, Jeff was a teacher out there at that time, and so I'd call him up and I'd say, "Hey, here's some of the good kids out there, you know," and he would tell me who they were and so that give me a little heads up on practices and our tryouts and so i would watch them and and uh, so uh, that that helped me out a little bit too you had your own petty scout out there in chancy yes watching. i did <laughs> you know right, we've, we've, did. we've said this a thousand times and now i'm gonna have to say it again we've got to get all you guys together in a room not on the phone or on zoom but in a room and have this little league episode and it'll 
just be, and then what we can do now that I'm thinking about it, since he brought it up is we do the regular show and then we make people pay to hear the after show when they tell yes. those stories. <laughs> Patreon. <yep. laughs> hey, hey, yeah, you got, you got to get John Fetney and, uh, I mean, uh, you know, Mike Smith and, and, uh, yeah, TJ. you got to get, you got to get, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> TJ. Galen story about TJ. Galen Holtz. Yeah. TJ, he, uh, <laughs> he, he had just one kid. I mean, Dawson has just now started. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just, this kid's the very first kid. TJ puts him up and TJ said, ah, he said, yeah, he said, I like this kid. He said, uh, he said, I'll start him out at 3000. Well, I'm next, and I, I, I said pass. And everybody passed. Well, TJ <laughs> thought that since he had, you know, bid so much on him to start out, that jump all over him. Right, you know? right. Well, <laughs> well, everybody dumped him on TJ. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, the, and the kid the kid never played a ball game. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> never, never played one game. Oh, my goodness. But so, so those are some of the stories that – Yeah. That that uh, you know you're going to hear. I mean stuff like yeah. that. Well, and you know, Gray's was the perfect spot, so we'll have to go to the pizza house and, and one of our other sponsors <laughs> and do it there. But but it, it has to yeah. happen. This this has it to does. happen. It so, does, and and you just let me know, and I'll be glad to drive back for that because we'll do it. It would be a yeah. lot of it'd be a lot of fun. I'm oh, telling gosh. you. Doug, I was going to say, I think uh, I read in the paper, I think your last year of coaching Little League was 93, if that's right. And it was 16 years, and that's the exact amount of seasons that your dad had coaching, which I thought was interesting. And it said yeah. in those 16 years, 14 of the 16 years, you finished first or second in the league. Wow. And then you're on the all-star coaching staff all 16 years, which is a testament to oh, wow. the work that you put into the coaching. And like I said, you're in our eyes, you're a, you're a legend coach. Absolute there. legend. And, uh, yeah. I tell you what, you're talking about getting kids prepared. You know, I came from, I'd never played for you except for all-stars. And, you know, you didn't know what you're getting into until you, you faced uh, Doug Hardacre in batting practice and it did prepare you. So, uh, you know, you, you faced uh, tough practices, but it did. It prepared us. I think we won the districts there in 86 and went down to Mount Carl and ended up losing a couple games. But, you know, it was a, a fond, fond memory that I have. It was that summer of 86 coaching coaching or uh, playing for you. It's it's great because uh, all you guys, I, I mean, so many guys that uh, that uh, I was able to, to coach uh, in all-stars that, that I knew were really good ball players because I'd faced them like you, like you guys. I mean, there's so many more. Uh, the union had some great ball play. I mean, everybody did, and and I was very fortunate. Uh, uh, I didn't care so much about winning the league as as I did being the all star right, coach. Right. That was what was really important, and uh, I. Uh, I was, uh, I finished, we finished first or second, 15 of the 16 years, and we got third, and there was five teams in it, and that was Terry Curse's, that was my very, uh, one of my first years, yeah. uh, and, uh, but, uh, I had, guys, I'm telling you right now, I had Raymond Price and, and Chuck Lemmeron, uh, they were two, really good pitchers before you guys this time but yeah. you know them as athletes sure 
and and uh, then uh, then uh, the Grismer boys and Tom Tool and and I mean uh, I had some really good girls. I had Tiffany Tool and I had uh, 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 Jenny Worth and and uh, I coached Melinda on All Stars and and so yeah, I I was very fortunate. Uh, I think one of my best uh, uh, coaching jobs was uh, Todd's twelve-year-old uh, uh, year. We uh, uh, we played Lawrenceville uh, at Mount Carmel, and uh, it was the first game of the tournament. And Lawrenceville was really good. They uh, had the Hammer Boy and the Davis Boy, who were uh, really good pitchers, and and uh, so. Uh, Todd, uh, uh, hard, but he had that nice little drop ball. And, yeah. and, uh, so, uh, we're, we're playing Lawrenceville. Well, during, during warmups, uh, we warm up, uh, we're the visitors. So we're warming up and our warm up is never made in there. I mean, it looked good. Yeah. Our warm ups was fantastic. So, once we got done warming up, I went behind the dugout, and uh, Jeff Wolf was, uh, I think he was my helper that year, uh, if I remember right. And, and uh, so he, uh, I had him talking to the kids, and I went down and warmed up Todd, and, and uh, I had him behind the dugout so they wouldn't watch Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville was sitting in the dugout just watching this, and yeah. I could kind of hear him moving on, and you know, and. And I didn't want the kids to see him, so so uh, we went behind there, and and then uh, as I'm down there warming up, uh, Todd David Saver, who's the president of Lawrenceville, of course he played at Bridgeport, uh-huh. and uh, he uh, came down to me and he said, he said, you got a minute? I said, well, yeah, we need. He said, uh, he said I want to take your hand. He said I've never seen anything like that. He said that was impressive, <laughs> and I, I and I said, "Well, thanks." Uh, and I said, "Hopefully, you'll be saying that after the ball game." Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and uh, and uh, Todd Todd pitched a, a, a four hitter against them, and Davis had uh, three of the hits, and uh, we beat him four to two. And uh, we, I'm telling you guys, we probably really had no business beating them. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the kids just played well and, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of good games, uh, down there and a lot of great all-star wins and, uh, uh, it was, uh, it's just satisfying to see a 11 or 12 year old kid do something that, uh, you know, they really probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and all this, and. We're talking little league here. We could we could talk little league all night long. I'm for those for listeners out there. I know um, Coach Hardacre listened to it. We did our little league draft over the summer. Uh, we drafted teams and coaches. I'm looking back at our rosters now. Now you've heard all this from Doug Hardacre. I got him for three dollars in the draft. So <laughs> I, I'm sure, I think I got the bargain of the draft. So um, and, and I know we talked about it a little bit before we came on the air there, but uh, yeah. So. Just an, an outstanding. I, I was on the union, played against him, and um, so 
just, I mean, I, I'm loving hearing all this, just an outstanding coach and such a passion for the game and, and a passion for kids. So thank you for everything that you oh. did for, for Bridgeport Little League and then for, for everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, TJ and I would uh, go down there. It'd be, we worked a marathon and it'd be raining and we'd go down there as soon as work was over and yeah. dig a couple of hose and get the water off the diamond and, and we pour gas. And yeah, I was going to say the, some of the work you guys did to get games played that night was incredible. Oh, I love driving oh. by the field and seeing the field on fi- tires on fire <laughs> on the field driving. That, it, we, yeah. We, yeah, we're not making that up. That for, for you youngsters out there. That. And back then, yeah, that's, that little, had, that's all you found out if you're going to play or not. You had to go down to the park. Yeah, you had to drive by going. there and ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that that happened a lot, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, but you know that I did that pretty much all my life. I mean, my dad, uh, he, I'd be down there helping him do it when I was little. And, uh, yeah, you know, everybody debates, uh, who was the best little leaguer was and this and that. And, uh, this is way before you guys' time. I was little, but, uh, Jack Moffat. Uh, I've heard that heard before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Boys, he was, uh, they got beat uh, uh, in the uh, – it was the game right before to go to state. Uh, Marion beat him, uh, Ray Fossey. I know you guys have heard that name. Sure. Uh, oh, wow. He, <laughs> he uh, hit a home run off of Bob McAdow. Really? Uh, yeah. And uh, they, they got beat. But Jack Moffat, if Jack would have been pitching, they would have probably beat Marion. But uh, wow. uh, Jack, uh, Jack was like Brandon. Uh, the fence was the same distance, and I don't know how many home runs Jack hit his twelve-year-old year, but it was it was a bunch. But for Dad to get him to to play, uh, Dad would have to take him fishing. Jack loved to hunt and fish, <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jack was. I, I would say that uh, the two best. Little leaguers down there, it would probably be Jack and Brandon. Yeah. All right. And I heard too, I remember hearing my dad talk about Jack could hit a softball just as far as you could hit a softball. Said he just would kill it. <laughs> I heard he I heard he hit one over the Texaco Park there. Uh, yeah, I heard that into the parking lot there, wow. but I, I never seen it, but I I'd heard it. But wow. you know, uh uh you guys don't remember this, but Gary Wagner uh uh, he he pitched for the Phillies and and uh, he was uh, from Bridgeport and and Dad uh, uh, you know uh, Alan White or see Alan Purcell I think was his name uh, he was a left-handed pitcher he was really really good Bridgeport's had some really good athletes yeah. guys and and Red Hill uh, is really really good athletes. Yeah. Well, listen, but w- before we, we start to wrap up here, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your tennis. I mean, you kind of single-handedly started a tennis boom in the, in the mid to, to late eighties, early nineties in Bridgeport. I, I mean, you, you didn't hardly drive by the park when you weren't hitting with Greg Laughlin. And, and I know my age group started playing and then it fed down into the younger kids, Chris Ralston and, and Gary played a lot. And, and had you always 
play tennis? Did you pick it up as an adult? And then, you know, you were in the mix, you know, if, if you do doing research. I mean, you're constantly in the semifinals and finals of those, those tournaments in Vincennes and the other areas. Yeah. Uh, what happened was, uh, I was, uh, working at marathon and, and of course I'd always played basketball and baseball and everything. And, and I played a lot of fast pitch softball growing up, uh, when I was out of college and, and uh, I'm sitting there watching a ball game on a Saturday at the house, and, and Greg Laughlin's a senior in high school, and he just lived right down the road from us, and and uh, he was there, and and uh, I said, Greg, I'm not going to do this. I said, uh, uh, he said, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going to sit here and waste my time watching ball. I said, I've got to be doing something. I said, uh, you want to go play some tennis? And uh he said, well, I don't have a racket. And I said, I think I got some wooden ones down in the basement. So I went down there and found them. And so we went to the tennis courts and we started playing. And we decided to go buy some good rackets. And so we went and bought some. And then sitting there Sunday reading the paper later that summer and about two or three months later. And and uh, Vincent had a tennis tournament. And uh, so I said, let's get in it and see how good we are. So we decided to get in it. and. You could get in two flights back then, so I got in C flight and B flight. Greg got in the 18s and C. Yeah. Well, Greg got beat in the finals of the 18s, and uh, and uh, he got beat in the semifinals of C. Well, I won C, and I got beat in the semifinals of B. And so uh, that kind of uh, got me, and I kind of took off. And, and then in uh, 89... I was the number one tennis player in Southern Illinois. Wow. And uh, I actually had tried to uh, to qualify for the U.S. Open and uh, uh, played in the qualifying tournament. And uh, I got beat from by a guy from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. He beat me pretty darn bad, too. Uh, yeah. He beat me yeah. like 0-1 or 1-1 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so uh, that was the end of that. But... Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's something I still love doing and, That's and, great. Uh, it's great exercise and, and uh, I think that, uh, uh, it's something that I'm so, so thankful that, uh, that I took up. I wish I would have took up golf sooner, but, uh, I'm very glad that I did take up tennis. Yeah. I, and I, I remember, uh, God, I don't know how many times I don't, I, I don't remember where you kept, you left your lobster, but it was available. And cause I know I'd go <laughs> by your house and grab it, go down there. And, and I, my, yeah. my stint of playing wasn't, wasn't that long, but, but I'd go get your lobster and just hit balls. And, and I remember you saying, anytime you want to hit and there was, and those courts were full, you know, it, it was a, it was a, a regular little tennis boom that we had going on and it was a lot of fun. Well, the. Back in the back in the early eighties, uh, uh, I was on the park board, and uh, uh, the ladies' club came up and uh, uh, was asking me uh, what was something they 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 needed a project. What could they do? And uh, and I said, boy, back then the tennis courts were in terrible shape, yeah. and, and uh, I said, boy, I said. I don't know what it what it would cost, but I said we need to get these tennis courts rebuilt, and uh, and uh, they said, you know what, 
let's uh, check into it. So uh, I got a hold of a company that and uh, give it give them the information and and they ran with it and they got her they got all the court street they got both of the court street done yeah. and, and uh, it was it was really really nice and uh, we bought new net well they bought I think they bought new nets too and yeah. and uh, yeah it was it was really nice I mean uh, uh, they the women's club was uh, responsible huh. for it but uh, yeah I remember they really when good. they were cracked you had to have a rule that if it if the ball you know hit the edge of a crack and shot offline <laughs> it was just you just redid the point of <laughs> exactly right yeah but, but you know back back then uh, when uh, when I was a senior. Uh, uh, we had, uh, uh, we had gone, we'd go down to the park and, uh, have, uh, we'd play basketball, uh, during the summer. Uh, that was our workouts, uh, Jim and Chris, I mean, our whole team would come down there and we'd yeah. practice. I mean, we, we scrimmage yeah. and, uh, we would have, there would be, uh, oh, probably 12, 14 little league kids after the game sitting there watching us play basketball you know uh yeah uh, after after their games or before their games and and uh you, you know how i used to get on the basketball court and hit my kids ground balls and uh, uh warming up and uh, uh the coaches back then couldn't do it because we was always playing basketball <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh those are the things that you don't see uh going on like anywhere yeah. here here in West Frankfort now, uh, they got great basketball courts, and there might be two or three kids out there, you know. Sure, yeah. Uh, but th- there'll be more kids out on the, there'll be more kids playing tennis than there is on the basketball court. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's the way it is everywhere. It's not right. just uh, back home; it's that way here too. But hey, real quick, uh, golf. Um, I, I just I wanted to tell you, and, and this sticks with me. From the early 2000s, when you were kind of taking golf, starting to take golf seriously, I remember Doug Brown, who has been a championship flight golfer forever at the country club, and and he said, you keep practicing like you are, you'll be competing in the B flight soon. And I remember right when you said it, I was standing right next to Doug, and you said, hell with that, I want to start competing with you. And it didn't take too long. Your handicap was down there, and you were competing in championship flight. (laughs) Well, I was uh, I was in uh, 2003. It was my first year a member out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 2002s when we moved back from Arizona. I'd been working out there, and we'd moved back, and and we'd moved out to Chansey. And I didn't join the first year back, but I joined the second year there at home. And and uh, we was playing. Uh, I think it was 2000. It might have been my second year, but anyway, uh, I was in B flight, and uh, I play. I it was during the Lawrence County Open, and and uh, <laughs> I shot a 68, and uh, I'm in B flight, and uh, Dave Waldrop comes up to me. He's president, and he says, "Doug, he said we got a problem," and mm-hmm. I said, "What's that?" He said, uh, "He said we got some." we're going to have some people griping with your score. And I said, I said, I said, that's the first time I've ever shot that. And, uh, I said, uh, he said, yeah, he said, I know. He said, uh, he said, but you're going to have to move up. 
either the AA or the championship. I said, well, heck, if I got to move up, I'll just go to championship. Right. And uh, he said, okay. So uh, I stayed in championship then, and, and uh, you know, I've been in championship ever since. Uh, well, except for now, I'm in the seniors. But, uh, uh, yeah, I uh, – it just – when you was out there, I was just kind of beginning and – uh, I would have a good round or a bad round, you know, but yeah. uh, I, I did, like you said, I, that's the way I've done everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, whether, you know, be uh, basketball or uh, when I was in high school, I'd, I'd have, we'd have, I'd have a date. I was dating Terry Moyer and we'd have, I'd have a date. We'd go down to the park and she'd rebound for me. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, those yeah. were things that, yeah. you know, yeah. that's all. How romantic. That's what, yeah, that's what I did. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that happened more than once, guys, I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, lastly, so, I, 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 we mentioned your parents uh, earlier, and, and, of course, you lost your dad in 08 and your mom in 14. And, and the thing yeah. that I remember – about them. Well, the main thing, how sweet your mom was to me. I was the hall monitor or whatever my senior year and, you know, run around and get the slips or whatever out of the classes. And she would always have when she knew I loved those raisin bars that they made, but that cream cheese icing yeah. and she'd always, and they just oh, come out yeah. of the oven first hour and she'd call me in there and have one for me. And, but the main thing I remember is they were always there. I mean, they were, they were our biggest fans. And listen, I played on some shitty teams and, and <laughs> even though we probably could have been a little better than we were, but they were always there and they always had a smile and they were always cheering for us. And they were just, they're just Bridgeport treasures. And, and, uh, I, I wanted to tell you that because I probably never got an opportunity to tell them, but what just fantastic people and, and Red Hill supporters. Yeah, and and they were just uh, just as good a parents as uh, as they were like you're talking. Uh, they, uh, like I said earlier, they we my sister and I never wanted for uh, anything uh, sports wise. My sister was a really good athlete. She was uh, on one of the first girls basketball teams back uh. in the day, and and uh, so yeah, it it was. Uh, uh, really uh pretty cool uh uh having parents like that because we had well just to give you an idea we had uh uh they were gone at a at a sale and uh, it was on a weekend it was on saturday and and uh, everybody when they was gone they would come to our house we had the tree house and and all this kind of stuff and and uh that was a big thing and uh uh, so everybody would come to the house. Well, dad had a CB antenna and we'd climb up on the roof. We had an umbrella and we'd jump off of it. And like we was parachuting, you know, and, and, uh, mom and dad came home and there's 10 kids up there on the roof, <laughs> you know, and, and my dad, Oh, is he mad? I mean, oh, he man. said, and, and David Sears was there and the, Steve Smith and the two twins, Daryl and Daryl Bays, and there's Kim Smith. I mean, there's a bunch of kids there. And so Dad says, I get a hold of you. He said, I don't care who you are. I'm whipping you. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, and uh, so uh, 
of course, you know, nowadays you couldn't even say that, but uh, back then uh, they all got off the roof and took off home. And yeah. uh, the only ones that got it was me and my sister. And, uh, but uh, yeah, that, uh, that was just mom and dad. I mean, yeah. they, uh, they were just uh, that. They backed, uh, they went to all my, my mom and my aunt, uh, Evelyn Cooper, Annie, uh, she went, uh, they went to all my college games yeah. and, uh, they went to all our Legion games. I mean, uh, yeah, they, they was very supportive and, and, uh, it was, uh, back then, uh, you had Bob Brucker and, and, uh, I mean, baseball wise, uh, everybody, uh, I mean, we just had it. We had a big turnout. I mean, baseball yeah. was insane. Uh, that's what uh, we was able to compete. Uh, football, don't get me wrong. We was, uh, you know, we got beat by Karma my senior year, six to nothing. They won the conference that year. But in baseball, we was, you know, we was good. Yeah. Basketball, we was good. And, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, we had great support. I mean, uh, the whole town was was good, and you guys know you you've been there and you've been through it. And just like uh, Gary's senior year, when you know they, they played Mount Carmel, I mean there was a big crowd there. I was in the middle of it, you know, mm-hmm. when Bobby went went crazy. Oh and, man, what a and, night! <laughs> oh, it was, you know, and and those are those are things there that you're never going to forget, and. And, you know, I was, you know, Todd was a sophomore. And, and so, you know, I was, yeah, I seen all, all the good stuff, you know, and the bad. I seen the bad too. Yeah. Just like my mom and dad, they seen the bad too. Yep. So. Yep. But uh, that's, uh, uh, I went through uh, my sophomore year. I had a motorcycle wreck and had my spleen taken out. And uh, oh, I missed the rest. Of, I, re- I missed the rest of baseball season. And then uh, Legion started, and Larry Lockhart was our coach. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, we were playing at Grayville, and it's my first game back. And and uh, I I normally played short, but uh, uh, I was only a sophomore, and uh, uh, so he put me in center, and and uh, I hit uh, I I hit a triple, and I slid into third base uh, head first. Well, I had just, I had an incision on my stomach and oh, I had just got the stitches out. And, uh, and, uh, so, uh, we ended up getting beat. Well, Larry, he was football coach at Mount Carmel and, and, uh, he had left to, uh, uh, or he was, um, uh, hadn't been, he wasn't down at Mount Carmel yet. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, anyway, uh, so here I am. Uh, after the ball game, we've got beat, and he's chewing us out pretty good. And uh, I got, I mean, I got blood everywhere. I'd busted that in season open, and yeah. and uh, he grabbed a hold of me by the shoulder, and he said, "This is the only ball player I've got right here." He said, uh, he said, he pulled my shirt up, and he said, "Look at this," and I had blood everywhere. And uh, he said, he said, "You guys, this right here is what I want." And I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> and then when he became football coach down in Mount Carmel, you know, I'm thinking, I don't think I could have ever played for, old, for Coach Lockhart. Yeah. But uh, he was hard-nosed, and 
and uh, you know that's the that's the time we grew up in. Yep, that's for sure. Well, coach, we packed a lot into this last Great in the ninety interview. minutes here, and we've been what you're someone that we've wanted to have on the show from the beginning. So I'm glad we got you on tonight. Glad you're feeling good. Yes. You're back playing tennis and golf a lot. It's just great to hear. Um, you only had one year at Red Hill High School because you're at BTHS. Press, so your teams, we don't get to talk about a lot during this podcast, but it was a story that needed to be told. One of the all-time great Red Hill yep, athletes. For sure. And just fantastic athletic career after high school and still today, um, 50 years later, still, um, performing at a high level. That's in right. Athletics. So and glad you're you. glad you're healthy. Yes. So uh, thank I you appreciate that guys. Good. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. And I thank you guys. And, and, uh, anytime you guys just give me a holler and, uh, I'll be more than happy to, to talk about anything. And or if you just got any questions, just give me a call. Uh, if I got the answer, I'll let you know. If I don't, I'll tell you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we, so, we've uh, got your number now, so you can't escape us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I do want I do want you guys to know that uh, I played on some really good uh, teams at Red Hill and Bridgeport and uh, played with some really good athletes. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Jim Buchanan's just as good as they come and – and I played against some good ones, and Rick Least and Jay Seidler, and so on and so forth. That I played with some really good ones too. That's yeah. awesome. Well, well thanks, thanks for Doug. thanks we'll for being a part. It. Yep. We'll see you at the Little League episode. Maybe next summer we'll record that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We well, bet. Give me a call, and we'll get we'll get us all together. And uh, uh, well, you got to make sure you invite John Putney because. Uh, yeah, he's uh, one of the crazy ones. Okay, that will okay, we'll yeah, do we'll it. Do. All right, <laughs> thanks a lot, Doug. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you, Doug Hardacre. We we've talked about having him on, and man, am I glad we did. What a what a great interview. Yeah, I'll I'll be honest. I didn't. I mean, I knew who he was. I didn't know a whole lot about him, but I learned a lot. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, just a correct. fascinating from, you know, thinking about being in high school during the consolidation, then on through and and just just a really neat story to tell. And that's the the great thing about this podcast is we get to hear them. Just one of those guys that sounds like, you know, we always talk about Brandon Smith. Basically he could sounds like he's one that could just pick up and within a little bit be good at whatever he did yeah one of the all-time great all-around athletes red hill has yeah. ever produced i mean tra- uh was getting offers uh d1 uh scholarship offers out of um yeah. high school tried out for the st louis cardinals tried to qualify for the u.s open in tennis i mean <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, know that. I didn't. These guys from from whatever oak street or elm street, yeah, street yeah. hardacre's house on, so um and and like and just a kid from bridgeport and what a great story about how he started playing tennis i mean i just assumed that yeah they're, you know it's they were sitting there watching a ball game and he said and i unfortunately am just sitting watching ball games i, I need to reevaluate i tell you well um Great episode, guys. I'm, I'm glad we could all be here for it, and we'll uh, we'll definitely get Doug on again. And then, and, and if nothing else, we got to do that little league episode. Yeah. So I mean, now we've added John Putney to the list. We got Putney, McClellan, <laughs> Smith, Hardacre, 
Galen, if he wants to come on <laughs> and we'd love to have him. So, you know, um, I, uh, but I get, ex- when I hear about the points, I just, <laughs> oh, yeah. my ears perk up. I just and, love uh, it. And I love the idea of doing the after show. We'll, um, <laughs> the after show that will charge about five bucks per listen or to become a subscriber. Tell, the, it, so. tell the real, the behind the scenes story. Well, I want to know who the moose player was that TJ put the 3000 on. They never even gotten a bat. I've got an idea. Well, no, I don't have, I, I thought I had an idea, but the guy, I thought it could be, um, played a little. So um, Bridgeport leader project. It is, it's on the move. We've got exciting things coming. I haven't hit the, the donation trail as hard as it looked like. But stay tuned. We got we got big yes. news coming, and it, it, it's going to happen. And and uh, I think we we've had a little development that's going to make it a whole lot easier. So we'll yeah. we'll uh, we'll release that when we can. But what an episode, Doug Hardacre, um, Gary. Thank you for being the the main producer on that, um, setting that up with Doug because that was that was well worth it. Yeah, it was uh, one that I knew we wanted to do and just say fascinating. And I learned some stuff today, too. So it even makes it even better. Yeah, even better. Um, and this episode, just like all of our episodes, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, Andrew's Insurance Agency, and of course, our great friends and big supporters, People State Bank. Thank you to all of those sponsors. Please, when you walk in these places, tell them that you heard about them on the Old School Red Hill Podcast, and uh, that will make them feel good and uh, let, let them know that you're listening to these episodes. Every single episode written, produced, directed, whatever else we do, by Chip Jamerson, Gary Emmons, David King, and I am Brian Emmons. And uh, what an episode. We've got some good ones planned. We're going to go on a little flurry here, get a couple more out before the holidays, and then we'll be ready to go again in, in 2024. Anything else? I don't think so. All right. There's one last thing we need to say, and that is we are Red Hill. Let's go white.